Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, I'm Pete McCall. And thank you for tuning in to this episode of the All About Fitness Podcast. This podcast is a special Fitness Over 40 episode with my good friend and colleague, Miss Amy Nicotera. Towards the later part of 2021, I wanted to add a different voice to All About Fitness. I wanted to give you a different perspective. It's one thing to hear about fitness from my point of view, but I'm a 40-something-year-old guy. I obviously come at it from a slightly from from my point of view. I, I focus on fitness important to men. I focus on fitness for how to get stronger, fitter, more active. But I'm fully aware that not everybody may have the same goals, which is why I wanted to bring on an occasional guest host of where we just I don't want to say guest host, but an occasional co-host. I guess that would be more of an appropriate term, an occasional co-host where we put into context, and I wanted, to, I wanted to be a female, I wanted to be a woman specifically, and what I want to do is to give you the context of how to apply this information to your life. You know, it's one thing to sit here and talk about exercise, talk about fitness, this the exercise does this to your body, or, or you can do this and this type of exercise and it should change your body, but in reality, what I want to do with this series is to give you a perspective about how to 40-something soon to be 50-something, about how 240-something fitness professionals apply fitness to their life. And that's exactly what this is. Amy Nicotera is an educator. She's a fitness instructor, a personal trainer. She just, she knows and lives fitness. The whole point of these conversations is to talk about how to apply fitness and how to apply exercise to your life so you can use exercise and fitness to enhance your quality of life. So let's get into this conversation Fitness in Our 40s with Miss Amy Nicotera. On, we're on. Wait, hold on. Yeah, you were just talking about your cool new phone. No, I'm not. No, it's one of those things. But you have to understand, my, my previous phone, Amy, if I showed it to you, I dropped it mountain biking, I dropped it hiking, I dropped it, I don't know how many times I dropped it, but the screen was shattered. I couldn't use it for a camera anymore. I couldn't use the front camera anymore because I dropped it. Because you on. couldn't see yourself? You were like oh, all cracked it was up. Really, yeah, it was really cool star effects. It had some really cool star. and It was a really cool filter effect. Of, it made me look a yeah, little Yeah, you didn't even need a filter. It was an <laughs> automatic filter. So here we are. All it's right, here. everybody. It's good to be back. It's good to be back having a conversation. Uh, Pete McCall here, all about fitness with... Give you the introduction. Amy Nicotera. Amy Nicotera. That's what I do. I just lean. 
Just lean. No, you got to lean. lean. It's a thing. Yeah. So, so we're doing this. Back to this. We put it on hold for a little while because of the holiday. Uh, we were both fitness professionals. And what's January mean in fitness, Amy? What the, what exactly? What what is Jared January? <laughs> why do we, let me ask this question real quick? Why why do we assign such a value to January one? Why why does everybody kind of like oh I'll do it January? Why do we do that? What what's the psychology behind that? Well. I know why, so I'll okay. tell you. Good. And All then right. I'll tell you an interesting article that I just contributed to. Um, I think people like fresh starts. They just do. They like, as much as they don't like Mondays, everything starts on Monday, right? They like to, like a clean start, like, you know, and I think January 1 gives people the opportunity to be, be you know, hey, I'm going to make a change now. It's a good date to start. Why not? So I think there is something to a new year and a new you and what changes you want to make. Start then. Good time to start, I think. Um, but the article that I just contributed to recently, the title, I'll probably butcher it now, but it was something like, um, is January the only time we should be setting goals? And, I, you know, I thought it was a great article because why don't we periodically set goals throughout the year? And why are most people so bad at it, right? And so that's kind of where the article went. But I think people like January 1 because it's a fresh start, new beginnings, and they can um, kind of get on the bandwagon. I do think people in general set themselves up for failure instead of success. So we need a few tips on that. And I also think there might be a little bit too much pressure around that date in particular when really you could pick any date, right? Well, and that's just it. I was talking to somebody in early December, I think it was at my friend's Christmas party, and she was just like, and, and for listeners, the interesting thing is when, you, when, you, when you're in the fitness industry, whether you're a trainer or instructor, and Amy, I am sure you can verify this, you have a conversation with somebody at a party, at a social gathering, at a kid's event, you tell somebody what you do, and then all of a sudden, what do you get? You get the exercise confessional. Well, you know, I was just going to say that. I was just going to say, it's like confession. They just feel like they have to tell you everything. You're inside. You're like, I really don't care. I don't care. Just go get another drink. <laughs> exactly. Go get another drink. Have another brownie. I don't care. But what was so funny was this woman I was talking to was just sitting there, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I'm not going to work. I'm not worried about it. I'll just start over in January. I'll just get started on January 1. And this was like maybe the second weekend in December. So we're looking at, you know, two and a half, three weeks left in the month. And I get it. It can be busy. you got events going on, other stuff. But good gosh, why put off two and a half weeks what you can do today or tomorrow and getting started on something or being active, go for a walk around the neighborhood. Here's the thing. Here's the, I mean, We're talking about fitness over 40. I turned 50 this year. For listeners, I turned 50 this year. And I think I'm going to have to do a bingo card. I think one of the things I'm going to have to do, Amy, is, is come up with, a, with an all-about fitness bingo card. I mentioned I like rugby. It. I mentioned my age. I do this. I think listeners can play bingo. I don't. I need to figure out how to do that. So if any listeners out, out there have an idea for how we can have fun with bingo, because I do say a lot of the same things in episodes, I, I got to figure out how to do that. But where I'm I, going I bet I it. could make it up. I'll make it up. I'll put all, all right. your phrases. I'll put some movie quotes up there. Like, <laughs> will he quote this one? Will he quote that one? We'll See? make a card. And 80s, but that's you just, just it. 80s movie quote, check. You know, reference to rugby, check. Reference to mountain biking, check. Bingo, boom. Um, my girls, check. Um, exactly. Yeah. My, my, my English Your bulldog. Age, check. See, listeners are like, oh, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Listeners are like, now it's a former. But anyway, where I was going with that, last week I did something to my right elbow. 
I don't know what I did. I was holding my phone. I'd been typing on my computer. I was holding my phone. I went to go put my phone down and it's like nothing popped, nothing snapped. But all of a sudden, I get this really gnarly pain in my right elbow, and I can't straighten my arm. I, I think what it is is a nerve entrapment, and that's the problem, right? When you know just a little bit about the body, you're like, eh, I don't have a bone sticking out of the skin. I'm not at 104 temperature, so I'm not going to the doctor, because what's the doctor going to do? There's no blood. I mean, there's no blood. There's no blood. There's no trauma. It's, it's like something. It's rest, right? So for the last five days, this happened a week ago, Wednesday, no, a week ago, Thursday, so for the last six days... I've just been on a walking program. I haven't really been doing any pushing or pulling, and the arm feels a lot better. A walking program? Did a walking you program. Do this? Yeah, for listeners, we're on video chat, and I just did my fingers just like I'm walking. Just in case you're just listening. <laughs> I'm just wiggling my fingers, showing a walking back and forth. But the point being that, okay, I got a bad arm or my elbow's injured. I might not be able to go do what I normally do. But what I did, actually, here, here's another bingo card. I dropped my, I took my mountain bike into the shop because it needed some work on it. And I figured, well, I'm broken. I might as well take my bike in to be repaired so I don't miss riding it. And, and in fact, yeah. it's going to force me not to ride it because if I try to ride too quickly, I could re-injure Anyway, so that, that's a tip. That's a pro tip to listeners out there. If you get a little bit banged up and you have a piece of equipment like a bike or something that needs to re- be repaired, if you're injured or get a sprain, something other. Take your stuff in to be repaired. Take your stuff in to be... Do you ever do that with your tri-bike when you... That, that's a of- good... You know, my my bikes, I'm ashamed to say, are still in the box since I moved up here. It's five years uh-huh. in the box. Well, well, let's... Look, I, I honestly... I probably could count on one hand how many times I was on my mountain bike the first five years yeah. of both kids. When, when but I don't think I, I, I don't know, think I really rode. What's well, but that's that just is, it. Is that's... two kids under the age of five and doing all as much travel as I was doing between 2012 and like 2017. I, I think I was on my mountain bike maybe three yeah, or four. It's, I mean, it's just way easier. It was way easier to throw them in a running stroller and just like go, but they're still there because I can't quite part with them. So my goal is this. This spring, bring them to the shop, get them tuned up and put back together and all that jazz and get on them. But they're there. And they're so there. But I think it's a great tip. When your equipment breaks, take it in, get it serviced. And well, when you, you get break, to, you when force you yourself break, to. Yeah. When you break, go get your equipment, go get your equipment maintained, right? If yeah. you got, well, that, if you that's got, what I meant. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. If you got to sprain it, if you, but I'm serious, if you or, sprain, go ahead. But you take advantage of the opportunity to cross train too. Exactly. Right? Try yeah. something different. Exactly. And, and that is, but that's why I'm walking and hiking. And, and one of the things I've been doing is doing more rucking where I have, hold on, I got it right here. Um, for, for listeners, I'm holding up a military backpack with a 25 pound sandbell in it. And this becomes my de facto. If I want a good workout, but don't want to thrash myself, I put on that backpack. I carry 25 pounds up and down a hill. About a three I'm looking for mine. Hang on. And it's a good... I have my backpack. Hyperware was so kind to me and sent me a weighted yeah. vest. It's awesome. Oh, yeah. I love it. I need it. Yeah, they didn't send Plug me. Plug Hyperware. Yeah, Hyperware. Hyperware has been nice to me. Yay, Hyperware. Yay, Sandbells. But they never <laughs> uh, they never sent me a, a, a vest. So let's talk about... Let's talk a little bit about planning for the year because one of the things okay. I've been doing the last few weeks, and listeners know I started a new job with EOS Fitness, and so one of the things I've been looking at is like a one-year, two-year, and three-year plan for the education program. So right now, planning is very much on my mind. How do you look, when you look at a year, Amy, when you look at your activity, do you do that? I mean, let's talk a little bit about what we do as fitness professionals for kind of how we approach a new year because we don't sit there in December and and stuff food in our faces and go, I'm going to wait till January 1. We're active all year round. But what do you do? How do you you approach a brand new year like we have 
and what do you do to set yourself up for success? Success being being active and fit throughout the year. Yeah. Well, for just I, I I'm one of those people that I like January one as a fresh start. Um, it it does get me kind of energized for a new year, and I also am one of those people that likes to have like doesn't want one year to pass where something significant didn't happen positively in my world. You know, it could be a, a fitness goal, it could be some kind of work thing or something like that. Um, but I do like to make sure that I'm making forward progress in some way every year. So I like the January one start. Um, for me, and we talked about this at the end of last year, I like to plan for events. I like to train for events. So personally, um, I, um, we've talked a little bit about my journey with cancer in 2019. I was diagnosed with breast cancer, all good now, still have medicine to take for years, like all the other people that are lucky enough to survive. Um, but that said, I thought it was a really great time for me to give back. So, um, in my life now, I don't really have time to put in the training needed to really think about huge performance goals. I'm just going to be honest with myself. But I do feel like I definitely have time to at least get the job done and run a marathon. So I joined up with the Dana-Farber Marathon Challenge group. And basically, I'm raising funds for Dana-Farber Cancer Institute, who treated me for my cancer. So um, that I'm running the Boston Marathon April 18th. So Q1 for me, marathon training. I got that in the book. So it's nice because I have a, a goal. I have something that's going to, you know, guide my training, guide what I want to do with my free time and my fitness time. And that's what I'm going for. So I, I like setting up those goals typically with events um, of, of some kind, not necessarily just running, and then training for them, knowing that they're going to be there. And they're kind of benchmarks throughout the year. It keeps me from just kind of putting things off. And I also think, well, the research shows when you write things down, write goals down, you're more likely to accomplish them. So I, I think committing to something, you know, committing to raising money, for instance, for this one, I, I've committed to raising $9,000. Um, committing to, you know, putting it out there like this is what I'm doing, it makes you stick to something. It keeps you accountable. And, you know, even fit pros have to be accountable. So that that's kind of how, how I go. So I got Q1 in the books. I'm not sure the rest of the year it's open with some possibilities, but that's kind of how I take it in, in chunks with my personal fitness programs. Do you, do you look you? At, do you look at it quarter by quarter or do you look at, do you look at like different things? Because I know – and I know you you run, you've done triathlon, you do a variety of things. You've been involved in the Spartan and Spartan race, but do you? And so first of all, let me ask that question. You kind of do you take it quarter by quarter, or how do you how do you do that? How do you identify what what events you want to do? I don't take it like specifically quarter by quarter. I think about the event and what I want to do, and then what I need to do to get there. So, Boston Marathon is April eighteenth. So that's pretty much quarter one, right? Um, and that's as far as I've gotten. <laughs> no, but, but, <laughs> but I, I, I mean, and, and to be fair, you are trained to run 26.2. Um, what was it? I remember talking to you, I remember around the LA Marathon a few years ago because we were both at the Ursa show at that time. Well, I yeah. mean, I just remember you telling me about that because you, you, crushed, you crushed the LA Marathon, right? And you hadn't even really trained for it. No, that's not true. I trained for it. My training as a fit pro is a little different though. Like yeah, yeah. I make sure I get in like two runs during the week and one long run. 
while other people might be running a lot. But if you're teaching a ton of classes, even though it's not your workout, your body is getting the volume and you can only do so much physically. So no, I, I did, that was one I actually did train for really, oh, really okay. well. I, well, no, what yeah. it was, I, I was surprised that you, well, you had said you did, you, you did really well at it. And I think you said been distracted by something, but there was also coming after you had been at a trade show for three or four, I think you were at the trade show for two or three days or three or four days. And for people that have never worked a, a fitness trade show, What's Are that you like? saying by the by the end you're like you don't know what you're saying and you're <laughs> yeah so talk a little bit about what's it I mean because you and I have both for lack of a better term you, you booth babe is a good descriptor for you but I, it, it's inadequate because you know so much and you're such a good exercise programmer booth babe is hardly a descriptor for me um, but basically what what do booth babes like us do if we're working in a booth well, what do personal trainers at a booth at a trade show do I've worn a lot of different shirts. Right, you're kind of like the hype man for the booth. Yeah. Um, and I think you're the face of whatever company you're representing there. So there is a lot of energy put out at trade shows. Stand around, talk to people, but you're pretty much kind of selling whatever you're, you know, repping at the moment. But it is energy expensive, I would say, not well, just well, physically, but also just mentally. Well, and that's what I mean, Amy. I, th- I think it's like I, I don't know about you, but after two or three days at a trade show. The last thing I, I would have anything, any energy to do would be go run out 26.2 miles. I just want to curl in my bed and hide. I get, I, I kind of borderline introvert and extrovert. Sometimes I can be extremely extroverted and be, whoa! Other times I'm like, get the F away from me. I just need to kind of like hunker down and be away be away from everybody. So the fact yeah, that you well, can- that That's true. That last trade show, I, I know what you're talking about now, yeah. Because I saw you and then I ran the race. And it was like a week of that week wasn't the best training week, but it was good because it forced me to taper. So I had some good recovery from long run. So maybe that was it. You know, sometimes the hardest thing is to kind of slow down and not run before the big run. Right. So that I did PR in that race. It was one of my best races. So I remember you telling me, I remember remember you telling me that. Yeah. We we could talk about it, but, but the the funny thing is I just, I just, let's just wait a minute, Pete. Let's just be clear. I'm not a big star, okay, at all. I'm hardly as fast as like many other people in the world. But for me, that was a moment. That's all. Well, what was your time? So I'm let, not let's there give you, now. What was your time? What was your time in LA? What I was, was uh, three twenty six and change. So it and was. Change. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It wasn't a bad performance. I'm very proud of it. But you that's, know, that's that's very serviceable. Under three and a half. Under three and a half for for Mar- I mean, honestly, but and I mean that for for under three and a half for some. And I'm not. For somebody who's not an elite runner, and I, I don't mean that as yeah, like that's one thing I've never really trained just to run a marathon. You know, I've always done it recreationally. So I, I hear what you're saying. You're trying to say that for a recreational runner, that's a really good run, <laughs> right? Uh, this it's is true. where I, I'll for, take for it. Listeners. Thank you. Thank this is you. where this is where Pete tries to say something somewhat nice and ends up putting his foot in his mouth by saying that No, it's perfect. It's right. I get it. That's great. No, and I do appreciate that. And it's totally true. And you know, as a fit pro, sometimes I think it's really challenging to set your own personal goals, especially if you're a group fitness instructor and you do teach a lot of classes. Even though we always are like, it's not your workout when you teach, but let's face it, your body is moving and it's doing most of the moves, right? And even though we can do coach more, there's still a lot of, you know, volume that you're taking on your body. So sometimes it's hard to, 
you know, set out time for your own workout or, okay, after my week, yeah, I'm going to go run 18 miles. Woo. Right. It's not like you're, you know, you have to really plan for it. So it is a challenge to kind of have those goals at the same time as managing, you know, something that a job that's physical. And and that's, but you're right because that is, it's funny. I mean, I, I've said this for years, but when you look at what personal trainers of group fitness instructors do, sometimes this is the closest you, you can be to being a, a professional athlete. Um, and what I mean by that is is we make a living with our bodies. We use our bodies to make a living. So we're not competing. We're certainly not getting the money that a professional athlete makes unless you're looking at the 12th woman on a, a WNBA team. Then I think we'd be in alignment there, right? The last woman <laughs> on the bench on a WNBA team I think would probably be... Unfortunately, maybe, though. What's that? Unfortunately, that's unfortunately, true. unfortunately, unfortunately, that's true. Unfortunately for her, and unfortunately for exactly. fit pros, but there's probably some. Anyway, but but it is being a fitness professional is one of those few professions where you do make a living being active, where you have to be on your feet, you have to be moving, you have to be exercising. Yeah. And to your point, it really is a game changer. Once, as an instructor, once you learn how to coach a workout instead of doing the workout, whoo, it becomes a game changer on your body, yeah. and it feels. So much different. So real quick before we – because with this, now when you plan for a marathon, Amy, how do you structure that? Do you go somewhere and get a marathon program or have you done enough of them that you feel comfortable doing your own? How do you, as someone who knows a little bit about exercise, how do you approach an event like a marathon in terms of your preparation? Well, I I have a run coach certification. Um, So I – and I've done enough of them where I know what I need to do. I do also have a couple clients who I run coach. So I'm pretty good at making the plan, you know, and kind of talking with people and figuring out what they need for their goals. So I just make my own plan. And it's kind of nice because, like, for instance, I did a longer run today and it's a Wednesday. And in running world, you only do your long runs on the weekend. But for some, I think it's a great example of like everything doesn't have to look so structured or, you know, traditional. Sometimes it's a, it's okay to move things around and make it fit your schedule. That's what I need to do if I want to do this in my life right now. So, um, yeah, I just stick to my own plan. I, I write out what, what I want to do for the, I have a little calendar and I write it down and I X off and write when I accomplished it in a special Sharpie marker that makes me feel great because I wait, do you, wait, like okay, Sharpie. Okay, so, so, so do you, are you one of those people that do – I mean I get it. I, I just – I don't do that. I mean it's not me, I, but I get that. But you're one of those people that has a list and you, you physically cross off items on the list. How does that, how does that feel? Uh-huh. What's the feeling of that when you do that? Well, let's say I do have like a to-do list sometimes for the day. I write them down. Part of that is because I feel like I'm going to forget something and I stress about forgetting it. If I just write it down, I don't have to worry about it. It's on a paper, right? And I can go to sleep or whatever is keeping me up. So those types of lists, yeah, I do. I'm not neurotic about it, but I definitely have a to-do list. For running specifically, I have miles written down on certain days of the week. So that's what I cross off. I don't have like my, my day is not like a series of, ooh, makes Luke, make Luke's lunch cross. Yeah. Okay, okay. But you know what? That would be great because every time you cross something off, you get a hit of energy. You do. And I had a graduate professor. Maybe he's out there. Dr. Paliza, Dr. John Paliza. He was awesome, right? He totally changed my life and inspired me. But he had this thing and he would stand up there and he'd be like, you take positive action. You get, you get a hit. And he'd do this whole 
whole like body motion. You get a hit. And it's true though. You do, you feeling down or you're not sure what you're going to do or you're setting a goal, you take a positive action. You cross it off. You get a hit, right? That hit of energy really kind of propels you towards the next thing. And it's when we don't take any positive action where we can really find ourselves kind of stagnant. But I'm, I'd say I'm a somewhat list maker. Certain things I do cross off and I do like the feeling of crossing things off. If you haven't tried it, you, you have to. I, I, I do I, I do a good job of making lists. I don't always do a good job of circling back and crossing things off. I'm one of those people like once I write it down, I tend to remember it, remember it. I tend to remember it, re- remember it. I can me me speak good. I tend if to you remember can talk. It. If you, talk, that, yeah. you can, if I can talk, if you can get it out. If I can get it out, no, but but if but I tend to if I write it down, I tend to remember it, and then it's like like I said, got to create a schedule, got to create a plan. And it just, yeah, I, I'll plan stuff, but I don't get too specific in the weeds. I was going to do a, an old boys uh, rugby tournament in March in, in Arizona, um, but apparently the team that I was going to line up with from Boston decided not to, to make the trip. I don't know if the, the fellas thought it was a good idea, then like did, did the math on the on the, the travel or what. Um, so yeah, that was like, now I'm like, okay, what am I going to do for the first quarter? Because I don't normally, I don't normally do, I've done some events like Spartan races, uh, but I do those for fun. Anytime I do an event like yeah. that, I look at it as a training activity, not necessarily something I train for, but a chance to go out and just have fun for a couple hours, go climb a few things, go roll in the mud. I don't, I'm at the I point I think that's where- great though. You know, it doesn't have to be a real specific event. It could be just, oh, I'm going to go hike that mountain on this day. I want to make sure I'm ready for it. Or I know that's coming. I want to feel my best when I do it. Um, but you know, you made me think of this Pete and to kind of circle back to your initial question about January one, like why, why aren't people more successful? Right. And how exactly kind of what you're doing right now verbally with me is how can we set ourselves up for success? What are the best ways that we can do that? What What kind of things do you tell your clients or people that you're working with? When you talk about goal setting and some of the key things that you can do to make sure that you're successful, I just use Arnold. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. No, I, okay. Check. I, I love Schwarzenegger re- reference on the bingo card. <laughs> honestly, that that yeah, I mean that 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 needs to go on the bingo card. You're right, an Arnold an Arnold reference. Um, but but in all reality, I think it's always that's such an interesting concept is motivation. Because I don't know at what age or what time or what point that I, I swallow that red pill and I wake up almost every day going, okay, I'm going to do something physically active. And again, I don't say that mean I'm going to work out every day. It just means that I try to be active every day. And that, to me, that was my goal last year. My goal for 2021 was to try to be physically active every day. And I think I missed maybe a total of two weeks of just travel, not feeling yeah. well for whatever reason, but but didn't, there about two 14, 10 to 14 days where I just, the most active I was, was dragging my dog outside for a little bit. Um, but motivation, I think the big thing about motivation is having something that's important to you so you internalize it, so you do it because you want to do it. I mean, that that gets into that gets into so many things about behavior change, right? It's like, why do we do anything? Do we do something because we have to, like go to a job and earn money to pay for a house? And you might like your job, but you still feel that you have to. Or do we do stuff that we want to because it provides us a certain sense of satisfaction, of personal reward? And and I think that's the tough thing is how do we cross that threshold with exercise to go from that where oh, exercise is something I need to do or I have to do, I know I need to do it, to like, 
hey, I get to work out today. Hey, I get to go do X today. So I think... You know, I, I think... No, yeah, you're just... Yeah, I hear you saying it's got to be kind of emotional and personal. Like you have to tap into somebody's why. And I think of that when I work with clients right now, you know, they they tell me what their goals are, right? But it's this is an interesting piece. Their goal might be like, for instance, I have a client right now, his goal, he, he wants his knee healthy. He wants to be able to ski, right? So he... I look at him, he's got poor posture, he's kind of like this, right? His thoracic spine is so tight, can barely rotate. Anyways, okay, so I kind of formulate this plan. He wants to work on his balance. We're working on it. The other day he tells me, I really want to focus on strength, more strength. I I like kind of what you're doing with the balance and the mobility, but I really want to focus on strength. Uh, Okay, but it's kind of like what, what you have to do to kind of do what you want to do doesn't always look as appealing to you as as it is real in real life, right? So basically what I'm saying, you want to ski, you want your knee better, you want to do all these things. Well, this is all going to help you get there, but it's not sexy, right? And I think that's why a lot of people don't set goals because then guess what? You don't have to do the work and you're not committed, right? Or if you don't specifically pick one thing or have in mind something that you really want, or you're willing to say, I really want to do this, but then you got to do all this stuff that you actually might not like to do on the journey to get there. You know what I'm saying? And that's, you know, what's funny is I think that, 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 that ties up with a lot of people, right? That gets, it gets to a lot of people because they don't know where to take that first step. So they don't do anything. Mm-hmm. And they don't know exactly. They don't. They don't know where they. I want. think that's part. That's part of January one. There's too much pressure, and I think one of the best takeaways, if anybody's listening, is it, it doesn't have to be a big deal. You know, one of my favorite quotes is by Arthur Ashe: "Like start where you are with what you have." Something along those lines. Yeah. And just start where you are with what you have. Like like you said, walk around the block. Try to be active every day this week. Put a time limit on it. Did I get it every week? Right? Can I drink? You know two glasses of water every day, if that's a big stretch for you, for five days in a row. You know, they don't have to be these huge monuments. They don't have to be a marathon. It was just an example, right? It doesn't have to be these huge monumental things. But the cool thing is once you start seeing yourself check those things off the list, you'd get that hit, right? You get a little positive energy and then you're like, man, I feel good when I feel like I'm accomplishing something. And I think that's kind of the secret sauce to give people a little bit of of a taste of what it feels like when they put in a little bit of that work, even if it's out of their comfort zone. Well, I I can't tell you how many times, Amy, you hit the nail on the head. A lot of times somebody will come and say, hey, I want to do this. I want to get to here. And you have to understand that, that, that working on a body, exercise for a body is a lot like building a house is you can't just build a house. You have to do about 20 things before you can start framing a house. Right. You, have to, you have to have a level foundation. You have to have the plumbing set. You have to have the wiring. So you can't just go in and start framing a house the first day. you got to spend a, a period of time leveling the lot, making sure it's on the sewer system and everything. Then you can build the house. And I Get think, that sewer system sorted out before you build that house. Well, I mean, but, but to that point is we can't, a lot of people just see exercise. They see people lifting heavy weights. It's like, I want to be able to do that. Okay, great. 
if they're on TV and you see them lifting weights on TV, they're probably at the higher end of genetic potential. They're probably optimized. They're 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 already they're doing or, something pretty special. Or they've been training for it, right? right. Or they've done it. Like yeah. I have another example of a client. Um, father son want to work out. They're working out at home. They say, yeah, can I check in with them after like a month? Wrote them a program. Do you think we could, you know, do more weights? Uh, yeah. Okay. So can you do 10 push-ups yet? Okay. No. All right. Can you balance on one leg and do some of these other things? It's like people want to do the fun stuff. And I think that's the art of personal training, right? Can we get people to kind of do some things that look really cool? Like they think they're doing these cool things while still helping them build the foundation they really need to move well, right? And not skip all that stuff. Like put the drawings out, get the source system sorted, right? And then build the, the beautiful build house. Well, I use this example. My, my friend Bobby, Bobby Congleton was on the podcast last year. Bobby trains a lot of professional baseball players here in, in San Diego, but he started with them as high school and college athletes, right? They they went from high school. They, they, he was training them as, as high school and club baseball. They went to college, then they got a pro contract. His 25-year-old pro players will come in and do the same warm-up that his 15-year-old high school players will, right? They're doing shoulder. They're doing wall slides. They're doing hip openers. They're doing – the point being that we need to do some foundational work. In order to be able to do the stuff, his pro athletes will do loaded jump squats. His pro athletes will do the cool stuff, but that's part – but they have to warm up with the foundational stuff. And they have to make sure that, that yeah. everything is aligned. And that's the other thing. For listeners – you have to understand that it, say if you, Amy, are a 22-year-old NFL draft prospect and you're going to be drafted this April in the – yeah, congratulations. Be, listeners Thank didn't know you. that. Amy's, Amy's going to be the starting Thank strong you. safety for the Patriots next year. Um, but in all seriousness – What's that? <laughs> Nothing. Okay. Okay, the Bills. I think that's right. I forget you're from Western New York, so from the Bills. No, I know. No, don't don't put me in a hole like that. No, okay. <laughs> But the point being that that if Amy were a 22-year-old legitimate pro prospect, you would be at a, at a training facility right now, and your coach, right. even though even though you'd be you could be an all-conference strong safety, you could be a legitimate top 20, you know, NFL draft pick. Right now, those trainers that are working with you, get you ready for the combine, are working on mobility. They're working on core stability. They're working on some of these basic that that otherwise would be basic things. But the performance coaches know that in order for you to amp up your, your 40 time, for example, you need to have a strong core foundation. In order for you to optimize your long jump, you need to have good mobility. And you, you know, So it's understanding that's very important for listeners is no matter what your goal is and no matter how you want to use your body, it's very, very important to take the time and establish the proper foundation first because if you're not built on a solid foundation – you're going to topple over. You're going to get some. Yeah. I mean, would you Would you agree with that? Yeah. And I think, you know, for the average person who, you know, works with a trainer or whatever, it's kind of, you know, if you start with them from the beginning, that's one thing. But I'm, I'm having an experience lately of taking on some clients that other people have worked with before. Those are always and, my favorite. And we'll come back to that. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's just kind of funny because I guess, you know, in our business, like I said before, it's a fine line giving the client what they want for so they perceive the value is there versus what you know they really need. We need to give them both, right? And it's that magic mixture of both. 
Um, and we get them to appreciate all those little things like the foundation. But I, I say it's challenging because sometimes you you look at somebody and you're like, you want to do that? Fine. I can, I can like throw some old school, you know, weightlifting and just crush you. That's what you want. Sure. Like that would be easy. Okay. And you know, once in a while you got to teach a few people a lesson. So you do it. (laughs) But the thing is, is like, is that really what you need as like a 65 year old guy, like who can't rotate, but doesn't even know it. And like a slouching. And so it's kind of like, you really have to put yourself in their position be very empathetic as to what they perceive as what they want to do and what they're able to do. And then find that balance, right? Where you know they're going to move better and you know they're going to be able to be stronger and do more if you pay attention to those little things. So, you know, I think I think people who kind of get smart after a while and when we're older, typically we usually are willing to do that work, but it's not always the most fun thing. And it's sometimes you're saying to your client, I know, I know you don't really feel too much happening here, but trust me, it's working, right? Or I know you're wondering why we're doing this weird thing right now, but just trust me, you're going to be able to move better when we do that other exercise in 10 minutes, you know? So it is, it is, it's a hard, it's a challenge, you know, but I do, I agree with you. It's important. You got to do the fundamentals. Well, with stuff like that, what I've learned how to do, and because I made those plenty of mistakes earlier, what I've learned how to do, Amy, is if I do have you do something remedial, I have you do something else right after it so you can feel the difference, right? I might have you mm-hmm. do some squats and do some foam rolling or do some mobility work or some stretching. And then immediately after that, I might roll, you know, might have you do something else. So it's like, wow, you can feel, you can feel the difference and feel how that impacted and feel how that impacted your body. I mean, yeah, that's, thing- a, that's a great strategy. I mean, like rolling your feet. And then, or, or don't roll your feet, right? And do a squat or something. And then roll right. your feet and do a squat. Or, it, yeah, it does make you appreciate the little things. You got to contextualize it. I mean, all you got to do is contextualize it. If I, if I tell you that doing yes. this is going to help you do this, if I tell you that doing A is going to help you do X better, I have to have you do X first, then we do A, and then we do X again, so you can feel the, the, the before A and after A improvement. And, and that, yeah. that, you know, that I like just, that. You know, but that just becomes, that, go go. Yeah, it's just immediate feedback. Yeah, you know, it's just like, yeah. hey, here's where you were. Let's do like, let's do a hip mobile. Like here, let's let's have you squat five or six times. Let's do a hip mobility, a hip opener, whatever you want, whatever, whatever intervention you're going to do. Now let's yeah. have you squat again. All right, so now you feel. So now we're going to do. You, know, you just got to. The thing is, you got to contextualize it for anything you do, exactly. any type of learning or any type of change you do. You have to contextualize it to show you we're here. We did this intervention, and now you're here. And it just be, it just kind of go goes with that, and it's it's interesting. So real quick to try to take a shift. Um, I know we're talking about exercise, I know we're talking about goals and stuff, but you bring up something good. You, you say you're working with a couple clients and whatnot. What would be some advice? What would be some advice? Well, actually, before I ask that question, what do you think? Because I'm going through working on the the training for the staff at, at EOS. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Do the the top two or three things that a brand new personal trainer should have? I think you saw me post I that just- on my Facebook. I did. I just answered you, but I'm going to, I'll talk to it because there's so many more. Yeah, because no, and I'll tell you why. So what would be the top two or three skills that you think a brand new personal trainer would need to have? Well, I answered it not necessarily in the skills language and then tried to fix it. So when you go look at the post, (laughs) but I think number one, you got to be humble, like be humble. Don't go walk in thinking, you know, it all. Just be open to learning and just kind of take it in, right? Like uh, have the attitude of, 
I can learn from everybody and I have a, there's big opportunity for growth and, you know, be confident in what you know, but also just be humble. So I think that's key. And then you definitely have to be friendly. You, you have to have a little bit of, um, I actually, I'll use this from a training that I took, um, be personable but not personal, right? Mm. You don't have to get in everybody's business, but you do want a personality that's personable. You know, be friendly, kind, easy to talk to, empathetic, all of those things. And then in addition, you know, you need the fundamentals. You need to be organized. You have to get there on time. You have to have some measure of work ethic, you know, be able to talk to people. So, but I think if you go in there off the bat with a good attitude, nice and humble, willing to learn, you know, willing to communicate with your colleagues and your clients, you're, you're going to do fine. You'll do just fine. Well, what's interesting, and I agree, because a lot of it comes to communication and connection, right? Communication mm-hmm. and connection. What's interesting is I just was looking, I was looking at the post, and I'm surprised. Number one, it's one of those posts where a lot of people are responding, which I like, um, because I, I'm doing it because I legitimately want some, just kind of hear what, what people think. But what's interesting is that people in our profession, Amy, are seeing much more along those lines of being personable, behavior change, being able to connect with the member, understanding the member, mm-hmm. whereas people who aren't personal trainers, one or two of them have said, understand exercise, understand movement, understand biomechanics. And it's like, it's so funny that the professionals in our industry are about 95% human behavior and connection and interpersonal skills, where the people who might not work in the industry are looking at how do we do the exercise. And that, yeah, that you know, you got to build trust. Like before you can intervene in a way that someone will trust what you have to do, you have to build that trust. And how do you do that? You build a rapport, right? So some of what you do in the beginning isn't really like anything magical. You kind of kind of drip feed. You just can't off the bat be like, bam, bam, bam. But, you know, you make them feel good. You get to know them. They like your personality. You know, they're only going to book with you again if they like your attitude and your personality. You could be the smartest guy in the book but come across with like a jerk and they're not going to book you again, right? So I think you have to get the warm fuzzies in there, make them feel like they're really important and you do care about them. And you're sincere. You do because that's why you're in the industry. Um, But that's really first. And then you know, the exercises is, is probably secondary, honestly. Well, no, I, I love, that's exactly what I'm trying to do. And, and as I'm looking at creating this education program is I, I, I want to teach customer service skills. I want to teach, you know, how do we interact? How do we connect? How do we help people set tangible, real goals? And how do we help people achieve them, right? Hold people accountable. The exercise stuff, is that, that can be learned. I mean, that's not that hard. Giving somebody a workout is not really that hard. I mean, you just and, have to And I'll tell you, stuff. even as a veteran who's been in the business for a while, like uh, the example I gave with my client, like I really got to just take a deep breath and go back to build that rapport, you know, yeah. and check myself because I want him to do because I know it'll fix him like that and he'll be able to be, I know what he needs, right? But that's not what he wants. So I got to connect again, make sure we're on the same page and that he trusts me. Right. So no matter where we are in this line, some of that same stuff, you, you have to check yourself because even if we know what we need to really do to make them feel and move better and we know it works, that we're only one part of the equation. Right. So even as a veteran, you have to go back and, you know, refine your soft skills. 
it's always being worked on because you can always do a little bit. My, my experience in my, is I can always do a better job of, of listening, of asking the right mm-hmm. questions, and of taking the time to understand somebody. But that helps me kind yeah, of like that helps great. me navigate this. And, and now to kind of shift this for listeners because I, just, I don't want to assume, but I think some of our listeners out there probably work with personal trainers themselves. What would you suggest that if somebody – how would you suggest somebody could get a better – a better return of their investment of working with a trainer, meaning what could somebody do out there to really just, that would enhance that from a customer side, from a client side, how yeah. could a client enhance that, that personal trainer experience, whether they're working with somebody once a week in a, in a commercial gym or whether they have Kira Stokes come to their house four days a week for private sessions? How, what, what, is, what can somebody do to be ready to get that optimal experience? I think that's a great, this is a great little subject matter, but number one, be really specific with your goals. And if, if you have certain goals, like you want to do, whether it's, I can't get off of the ground and I want to be able to play with my grandkids, or if it is, I want to get, be a faster runner. I want to increase my run time, even though I'm like a recreational runner, whatever the goal is, or my back hurts and I just want to feel good. So I think be specific with your goals. And as a trainer, you need to listen to what their goals are. That's what I have to tell myself. It's not your problem. They want, they hired you to do something for them that they want, right? So the client needs to be specific with their goals. Also, you need to tell your trainer like the stuff you don't like to do. And the trainer should ask, like, if you don't like, like you just hate, you know, I don't know, dumbbells for whatever reason, tell them that before they write you a program with like all dumbbells, right? I had a very traumatic experience with dumbbells in my youth. Don't, don't, I can't can't go back. (laughs) I'm just saying some people do have pretty strong feelings about certain, you know, modes of activity. Like they hate the treadmill or they hate running for whatever reason. Yeah, you're you're, you're 100% right. Yeah, be clear with things that you're like not open to and that you are open to. And even if you don't know exactly what your goals are, you know, maybe a homework assignment is to go think of those before you hire a trainer. Make sure you have one or two things specifically that you can convey. Even if it is, I just want a general health. I want to lose 10 pounds or, or whatever it is so that they can help you like provide the services you need to get there because it, it, it is hard. I think it's hard to navigate that sometimes. So clear goals. And I think also Clear dislikes and likes right off the bat would be good. You can always change your mind, but those are two things. Yeah, no, I, I would agree in being very specific because it, it's, it's very hard to work with somebody. Like, I just want to lose weight and tone up. Okay, what's that mean? What, why? Why, do you, why? Why today? Why, why is this your goal today? Whereas I, somebody one time hired me, and he was going to turn 60, and what his primary goal is like, look, I don't really have it. He's, he's like I, busy. He was a busy executive. Anytime he was in town, I trained him three or four mornings a week based on his schedule. He paid me. If he had to cancel last minute, he paid me for it. Dream client, right? Dream client. But his goal was I'm turning 60 and I don't want to have to buy a new wardrobe. You know, meaning that as he got into his 60s, he just wanted to stay fit, wanted to stay active. He wanted to work out. He didn't want to think about exercise. This is a guy that's making... He was on the Forbes, he was in the Forbes top whatever list. I mean, the dude, he went out to lunch with his brother one time and came home with a Maserati. It was one of those guys, right? And that's just, that's completely, I'll take their money as a trainer. I just, that's a completely different stratosphere of living that I just don't relate with. But what, what, what he, but I loved his goals. He's like, look, I just want to work out three, four mornings a week. Tell me what to do. Tell me what I to do. I don't want to think summer. about it. 
Yeah. I don't want to think about it. All yeah. I know is that as I get into my 60s, I want to be fit. His kids at the time, he had two boys who were in their early 20s themselves, and he wanted to be able to go on vacation, ski, whatever, tennis, all the things that people who can buy a Maserati at lunch do when they go on vacations. And it's just that's, but that's what he wanted. I mean, that was his goal was I don't want to have to buy a new wardrobe. I want to be able to maintain the wardrobe I have. That to me is a very tangible goal because it's like, okay, great. And, it, and it's realistic, right? It's, realistic. it's clear. What's that? Yeah. It's clear. It's timed. It's, it's measurable. I mean, it's got all the great what, things about if, it. If, you start, if, if your pants start feeling a little snug, we need to work. We need to do something a little bit different, right? How if your pants start getting a little bit loose, then then we're getting then we're going to where we want to go. But but sometimes having a goal like that about whether it's I want to be able to play on the ground with my kids and not my back not be wrecked for a week afterwards, mm-hmm. or I want to be able to carry my three year old grandkid without risk of falling. I mean, stuff like that is the best thing you could do with your, with your with your trainer and just be and tell your and be have that open communication and just say here's what I want. I mean, you are the client, you are paying for somebody's services and here's what I want, and here's what I really and the other thing is what do you want to learn? What do you want your trainer to teach you? Cuz I would, you know, yeah. I loved working with those clients like why am I doing A versus B? Well, here's why we're doing A and here's why I chose A over B. Oh, okay. Yeah. I love doing that, right? It's it's like cuz then they walk away from that going one of the things I looked at, at, at my job, I look at my job as a personal trainer, is if I'm doing my job right, I'm working myself out of a client, meaning that at some point, three months, six months, a year, you're going to be like, we're going to sit down and be like, Amy, you, 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 you hit your PR, you've done this, you've done this, you're rocking. I really don't right. think you need me anymore. I think you're, you're, you, you've learned what you do. You have three or four different programs you can do. You know you can tweak. That to me is the ultimate goal of a trainer. I high five you. Now I got a spot open up for somebody yeah. else. I see you yeah. around. You had such good experience. You refer friends to me, and we stay in connection because you know I look at it as I don't always. I don't want to keep you. I don't want you to be my client for your entire life. Good go do. do well, you want to know? Do. You want to teach people what to do? I, I think this is. A, yeah, I think this is a good conversation too when it comes to nutrition because. You know, so most trainers these days have some kind of nutrition, you know, without getting out of their scope of practice, but yeah. several of them have nutrition certificates or some education about it, right? And will give advice and are in the right realm to do so. But here's another example. Like as a client, you, you say, hey, I want to lose 20 pounds, you know, blah, blah, blah. But here's the deal. I don't want to stop drinking alcohol. I love my sweets. I, you know, I love to go out to eat. It's kind of like you need to know what, what the client is willing to do, right? And if they're not willing to do some of the really easy fixes to get to that goal, it's more challenging. But if they're not willing to do the plan that you set up off the bat, then for sure they won't be successful, right? So it's kind of like in, in the nutrition world, you have to be really clear as a client to your, you know, coach, what you're realistically willing to do, you know, and um, because we talk, we're talking about goals, right, and how we sabotage them. Basically, well, I'm going through this program now. It's called Better B E T R Health, and I am going to have the uh, the founder on the, the podcast at some point. But we offer this as a we are it's a program. It's an ongoing like health coaching nutrition program. We offer it to all the members of EOS who've purchased personal training. So not only do they get a personal trainer, not only do they get the coach, but they get along with that personal training package is a 
online like health coach for 30 days to move them towards like there's an app that I got to upload and do stuff to and and I'm so yeah. far I haven't been that good about uh, you know I I have I, I should be following the meal plan they set out and I kind of am but I didn't do as much food prep as I should have on Sunday so because what they're trying to do is in the first two weeks you're trying to reduce a lot of uh, carbohydrate and a lot of processed foods and just eat whole foods and vegetables and stuff. So it'll be interesting. And, and the, the person asking me is like, well, what are your goals? I'm like, I don't freak, I don't know. Get, get down. Well, here's the thing with something like that. That works for people that are dialed in that way. You yeah. know, there's a ton of these like challenge programs out there and you sign up with the gym and you get this 30 day thing and whatever. But those things, they do work, but you have to actually do it. Well, and that's what I'm trying. I am trying to do it. I am taking pictures of my food. I am weighing myself in the morning. But that's you, Pete. Like, what's the average Joe going to do, right? Like, just, I mean, think about somebody who's highly motivated. Maybe they are going to do it. But I can see some people being like, two weeks, I got to make all this food. Ain't nobody got time for that. Well, you know, it's like. But that's one of the reasons why I want to go through that, right? Is because that that is my. I just I am not I, I don't do a lot of, of, of cooking and I try to do prepping but my prepping is more like cutting up pieces of fruit cutting up vegetables that way <laughs> yeah. but I mean that I mean just to rock and roll yeah no I, I, I get you I hear you you know I make I'm a lot not of a great omelets. food prepper either what's that I'm not great at food like I see people they post on you know social media they have like 10 days of like portioned out meals and they're like food prep done for the week I'm like who and you know what? You? Like if, what? Like would, food prep done for the week. I I got a bag of apples. I got some bananas. I got chicken in the crock pot. Good. I'm thinking I'm doing good. You know. It's like, well, I see some of those, and it's like, okay, how many of those end up getting chucked out because they didn't get eaten? You know, it's like, I mean, yeah. I look at that. But that's where I don't know. some I, people are are wired that way. I, and I look though. at that, but that that's where I look at exercise is 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 kind of being a release from that to go back to the goals. I look at exercise. That's why I don't really have any specific goals. My goal is to try to be active every day. You know, I mean, because it's like I just want to do that. Because it's a lifestyle. It should be like the healthy choices that you make every day support a healthy body. And that's what you can consistently maintain. It shouldn't be like a thing. Now I've got to all of a sudden do exercise. It should be part of your life, right? You should Or all of a sudden I have to eat right. It yeah. should be like, well, this is how I kind of moderate what I eat all the time. I'm not on or off the wagon. You know, well, that's why two things have really changed, and then we got to wrap it up here. But two things have really changed. Number one, I try to talk about a healthy weight or, or, or a manageable healthy weight, right? Who cares yeah. about weight loss? I mean, and what's funny is been tra- I've been tracking my weight for like the last what two months, and literally there are some days where I'm up three or four pounds. I'm like, how the hell? I didn't eat that much. I didn't even. I didn't, and I'm not even talking about like days I've had. I have junk food binges. I'm not going to deny that. But there have been one. I'm like, how did I how did I gain three pounds? And then there have been other times where I'll drop four or five pounds. And I'm like, how did that happen? You know what I mean? Meaning the reason yeah. why I'm saying that is that it can be so transitory between hydration, between different things that really I look at, at body weight. As long as you are somewhat in a healthy zone for what your body holds, that's the most important thing. And then when it comes right. to exercise, just be active. And, and, and nutrition, eat, yeah. eat, eat the stuff you know you should eat. One of the things I'm liking about this thing is it's forcing me to eat more. They, they want a lot of leafy green vegetables, which mm-hmm. I'm not opposed to, but I don't go out of my way to eat a lot of. I'm much more steamed vegetables or sautéed vegetables guy as opposed to big bowl salad blah, guy. So yeah. anyway, it, it, it is that little change, but it's interesting to come at it. Yeah. And trying to do something just because I am trying to put myself in the perspective of starting something new, of being new, 
and and really what, what is that like to, to, to be a, a new person. And I'm trying to listen to the coach. I'm trying to be coachable, right? And trying to yeah. do what I'm trying to do to suggest, even though sometimes the ego in me and, and my, my ego will say, I know more than they do, which I got to work on that. I, I'm trying to break my ego right now. Um, I may, there may have been ayahuasca trip or psilocybin trip sometime in the future because everything I've been reading, but, it, but I'm serious because you look at that and it gets you into a new evolution or new, anyway, that's a whole, that's a whole, that's, a, that's the next show. But the mind, that's the different. mind, the, the, the mind journey and, and that for listeners, I'm not going out and on a psilocybin or peyote trip anytime soon, but I've been reading Michael Pollan's <laughs> book about, um, about psychedelics and how psychedelics are being used in a variety of different scenarios. And so it's, it's some of the research on psychedelics is actually pretty fascinating. So anyway, yep. that, that's why I bring that up. I'm not out there running around tripping or dosing on anything. I just, I, I'm legitimately interested in what, what are we, what are we not tapping into right now? Because we've for years have said this class of drugs shouldn't be studied. Anyway, uh, how that relates to anything we do in fitness, I have no idea, but what are your, what are your final thoughts as you get ready to, as you, as well, yeah, I, I just think, you know, if you're listening out there or if you've listened to us kind of ramble on about this, the, some key takeaways, you know, if if you are setting goals, be realistic, give yourself some grace, you know, they don't have to be extraordinary goals. And maybe you do have a long way to go to get to where Pete's saying is like healthy and just normal active life. Well, you got to do the work to get there, right? And the payoff will be, you'll feel great. You'll have all your people around you, you know, you, you'll be able to give to them as in a better way as well. Um, so I think, you know, start where you are with what you have, small steps, and that's how you make change. Give yourself the opportunities to get those little hits of energy, right? Set, set a goal for a day and do it and notice how good you feel. So it kind of, you know, propels you into the next positive action that you can take. And I think we talked a lot about personal training situations, you know, as coaches, like be empathetic, be good listeners, be adaptable, you know, give people what they want and what they need. And sometimes it's challenging to navigate that, but listen to what their goals are and really be a good listener. And then if you're the client, right, be specific with your goals, let your coach know what what you're, you know, what your definite no's are and what your yeses are when it comes to exercise and nutrition. So that together you can kind of set yourself up to both be successful. No, that, that's great stuff. And, and, and yeah, no, this is helpful. And, and for listeners, I really hope you guys get something out of this as, as Amy and I were talking before we hit the record button. I really enjoy the energy of just having this dialogue and getting this input um, because one of the things I'm trying to do with the podcast is really just trying to diversify the programming. And final note, as we get ready to wrap up, I may be entering conversations with EOS about all about fitness becoming sponsored by EOS. So I get to do nice. the podcast as part of my job. But awesome. that's, that's we're in the very early stages of development. Hey, uh, dream big. Dream big, people. Dream well, big. Well, that, what I want to be able to do is keep doing the full full-length interviews that I do. About, I try to do one full-length interview a week. But then the other interviews I would do would be like build 10, 15-minute segments of yeah. this personal trainer here, this group fitness instructor here, this exact – but but trying to – you know, it wouldn't be just only EOS, but it would be high, be able to highlight success stories for members, highlight how personal trainers maybe help members or what you could be doing. So we're looking at, we're looking at some different things, but I really – if I can integrate – the podcast and what I'm doing with the new job, then I'll be in heaven. And I, I you know, this is, I kind of look yeah. at it as Amy is somebody said to me, you know, like, what are you, you're setting yourself. I'm like, I don't want to go anywhere else. 
I kind of I'm enjoying what I'm going to be doing here, and there, there's a lot of work to be done, and I'm going to I'm going to enjoy doing it. I just got to sit down, focus, roll up my sleeves, and, and get cranking. So, uh, for listeners, if you do miss if we if you don't hear an episode from me every week, I've tried to be clear about that. That's because I'm learning a new job and a new role, and I'm doing my best um, until this becomes part of my job. I got to work around that. So that just that's that's me filling that in. All right. So look for us again soon. Probably in a few weeks. And as always, thanks for stopping by. And I do look forward to having you join me for future episodes of All About Fitness and Talking Fitness Over 40 with Amy Nicotera. All right. See ya. That's always a fun conversation with Amy. I I just, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to start recording them is Amy and I touch base. We talk maybe once a month, every, maybe every, every other month or so, but we, we connect, we, we share experiences, we talk about what we're doing, we, we share ideas about where we think the trends of fitness are going. And that's exactly why I want to bring this conversation to you is so you can understand a little bit about how we, as experienced fitness professionals, apply fitness and exercise to our lives. So hopefully you can do the same. If you want virtual fitness solutions, if you're looking for a perfect at-home workout solution, check out amynicotera.com. There'll be a link down below in the show notes. But Amy does a virtual at-home fitness studio where you can take classes on your schedule. She's an excellent instructor. She has a wide variety of workouts, and she makes her virtual studio available so you can take classes when they're available or when they're convenient for you. And if you want to learn more about exercise, if you want to learn more about how to design exercise programs, you can pick up either Smarter Workouts, The Science of Exercise Made Simple, or Ageless Intensity, High Intensity Workouts to Slow the Aging Process. I wrote both books specifically to help you understand how to use exercise and fitness to not only enhance your quality of life, but if we do it right, to extend your lifespan. Pretty cool stuff. So check out the show notes for more information. Thanks for stopping by. I enjoy having these conversations with Amy, and I am going to make them a regular part of the programming going forward. And as always, thank you for stopping by. I do look forward to having you join me for future episodes of All About Fitness.